This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. The grain and livestock markets closed the week and 2021 mixed. It's a little unusual to have a weather market in late December, but grain traders are focusing heavily on South America's crop. Bolt Marketing market analyst Dwayne Bossi says the driest areas of southern Brazil and northern Argentina have been the focus for traders. And I just got done reading some uh, weather forecasts, and it looks like it's going to continue through the month of January. So I think that's why this market has come back up here a little bit. If that drought or at least below average precip is going to happen through the month of January, it's going to keep a weather premium built in this soybean market. The Mato Grosso Institute of Agricultural Economics is reporting soybean harvest has started nearly three weeks ahead of last year. The amount of harvest is still very small, but it will start to increase and ramp up. Brazil's soybean crop was planted earlier than normal this year, resulting in this early harvest activity. At this time of the year, Stonex Group Chief Commodities Economist Arlen Suderman says grain traders start anticipating when China will start shipping the cheaper South American supplies. Typically, we hit our peak of shipments in the October-November time frame, and then they trend lower down into December. Um, and then as we go into January, they kind of hold constant, and this is shipments to all sources, at around 60 million bushels per week. Um, so that's the pace we need to be sitting at, and that's pretty close to where we're at right now. So we need to level off and hold that pace right on through January. As soon as Brazil's soybeans are harvested, they'll be transported to the ports and loaded onto ships. According to Suderman, it takes 45 days for China to get soybeans from Brazil. The Phase 1 purchase agreement between the U.S. and China expired on Friday. AgWatch Marketing Advisors President Dewey Strickler says it could be a while before we know what that will mean for U.S. exports. I think we're going to have to sort of see how things uh, go along here. I don't think it's going to show up just, you know, right immediately. Of course, intentions are increasing uh, with the U.S. and China because of Taiwan, and I expect that we will look China actually turn more towards South America and other sources uh, for, for grains and maybe even for some meats as well, too. U.S. monetary policy is expected to tighten in the year ahead. Despite that, Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grassoffi says the economy's been resilient. In the debut edition of the bullpen, Grassoffi said the current outlook is positive for farmland and commodities. Grandma, who comes to the bank where I sit at and puts money in there, who gets a half percent interest when every other asset in the world's going up 25%, her her hundred thousand dollar CD in real buying power is only worth eighty thousand dollars after twenty twenty one, and from what I can see, it's going to do the same thing, possibly in twenty twenty two. I already know there's built in inflation and built in supply chain issues, and interest rates at zero percent. Money's looking for a home, and it looks like commodities and land are a you know a great beneficiary of that. The full interview with Grisafi can be found on the Red River Farm Network's YouTube channel on Facebook and Twitter. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. New from the AgriPro brand of high-yielding wheat varieties, AP Gunsmoke CL2 is a spring wheat showing excellent performance potential while handling stress and marginal soil conditions well. Tolerant to beyond herbicide for the control of tough grasses and broadleaf weeds, AP Gunsmoke CL2 combines an impressive disease package with powerful yield and protein potential to maximize economic return. Call your local AgriPro associate today to find the right seed for your acres. Find agronomic and performance data and a list of AgriPro associates at agriprowheat.com. 
Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. While the pandemic and political upheaval dominated the major networks, it was Mother Nature that delivered the top story of the year for the Red River Farm Network. Farmers and ranchers throughout the region faced extreme drought. Situation began in the fall of 2020, followed by a warmer than normal open winter and a very dry growing season. Langdon, North Dakota farmer Kevin Waslowski. I hear it everywhere I go. People talk about how bad the crop looks, how 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 is it going to turn out and there's a lot of stress out there and I just want to tell people to talk to your neighbor, talk to your friends, get some help if you need it. Uh, it's out there, just, just got to talk to somebody. Stress went beyond crop production. Grass dried up and ranchers were forced to bring cows to town. In June, rugby livestock was moving more than 3,000 head through its auction barn in its weekly sale. Auctioneer Ron Torgerson described the situation. You know, this time of the year, uh, get into June, most of the time we'd be probably every other week, and we'd be looking at four to 600 head. Supply chain headache is the number two story for the Red River Farm Network. Farmers dealt with product shortages of everything from glyphosate and glufosinate to computer chips needed to run tractors. Fertilizer prices also significantly higher as 2021 comes to a close. That's story number three on the list. DTN Fertilizer reporter Russ Quinn says fertilizer prices started to increase last December. Every week prices has increased from compared to the previous week. And right now we're sitting at uh, anywhere from 63 to 220% higher from year ago. Stonex Group Director of Fertilizer Josh Linville said this is more of a supply-driven price increase. Demand has had its place. Demand has been part of the reason why supplies are so low. But right now, if all of a sudden demand just fell away for two, three, four weeks, the market's just going to sit there and say, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of backwardation, but ultimately it's going to be held in because supplies are so tight, we can wait you out. New value-added opportunities popping up across the Northern Plains. That is story number four. In May, ADM announced it would build a $350 million soybean crush facility in Spiritwood, North Dakota. That vegetable oil produced at the facility would be sold to Marathon Oil and Dickinson to make renewable diesel fuel. Minnesota soybean processors also announced they would be partnering with CGB Enterprises to build a soy crush plant near Castleton, North Dakota. That one is expected to be completed in 2024. Net farm income and profitability improved. That's number five on the list. Bell Bank Senior Vice President of Agribusiness Development Lynn Paulson said 2021 was a decent year financially for many farmers despite the dry conditions. Producers that even had marginal yields probably did okay just because of the increased commodity prices and production expenses that were somewhat reasonable. New administration in Washington, D.C. is the sixth top story. During President Joe Biden's first day on the job, he signed 17 executive orders, including a review of the Trump administration's environmental regulations. Congress passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure package into law. That is number eight on the top ten list. The new infrastructure package does include $550 billion in new spending over five years for roads, bridges, railroads, ports, and waterways. 
Number nine is the changing regulatory environment coming from the Biden administration with the EPA redefining waters of the U.S. rule again. And our number 10 story is the escalating land prices that we've seen over the last year. Farmers National Senior Vice President of Estate Operations, Randy Dickote, says there's a number of reasons why the land market has gotten so competitive. So there's a somewhat lower supply of land for sale. Second, low interest, uh, but probably the biggest factor uh, in the short term was the good net farm income overall. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. From too much moisture to not enough. We've seen quite a range of weather these past few years. And although we don't know what the next growing season will look like, we do know that there are options to help mitigate against risk. A multi-peril crop insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services gives you peace of mind while protecting your bottom line. Turn to the experts in every field. Contact Egg Country Farm Credit Services today. This is Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network wishing you the very best during this Christmas season. On behalf of Colleen, Randy, Kara, Sierra, Ashley, Jay, Dave, and Drew, thanks for listening to the Red River Farm Network. This has been an unbelievable year, and we're proud to be delivering the news, markets, and weather information that our farmers and ranchers depend on. Once again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year from the Red River Farm Network. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor with the Red River Farm Network. Make sure to bundle up this weekend. Temperatures are expected to be below zero with wind chills ranging from negative 30 to negative 55. World Weather Incorporated meteorologist Jason Angland says there'll be warmer temperatures early next week. We're going to see those cold temperatures continue through today and into the first day of the new year on Saturday. And then we'll get a slight bump in temperatures Sunday with our highs getting actually uh, 20 to 30 degrees above zero. Look for those warmer temperatures that come more in the central and western Dakotas. But, um, you know, Red River Valley out there in northwestern Minnesota, we'll, we'll probably still see some cooler temperatures in the single digits, but it's still above zero. Another polar vortex is set to move into the middle of the U.S. next week, according to the National Weather Service meteorologist Alexander Kent. Livestock producers in areas with extremely cold weather should consider cold weather practices to protect their animals. According to the National Weather Service, the Bismarck, North Dakota area already has more snow this winter season than last year. The current snowfall total is more than 17.6 inches, compared to last year's 16.7 inches. Meteorologist Alex Edwards says the stat highlights last year's exceptionally poor conditions. Last year was so exceptionally dry and mild that uh, in order to beat that in the amount of time that we have, it hasn't been a significant winter so far here this year. It's just been closer to normal. <laughs> so even closer to normal was able to beat last winter before we even hit New Year's. So I think it really just shines on how bad last year was. The weather forecast is calling for light rains across southern Brazil and most of Argentina over the weekend and early next week before returning to hot and dry conditions. World Weather Incorporated says beneficial rains will fall, but hot temperatures will cause the moisture to be quickly lost to evaporation and crop stress will continue in central and northern Argentina. Temperatures in northern Argentina will reach as high as 110 degrees Sunday before cooling to the 90s and low 100s Monday and Tuesday. 
World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner says that's to be ex- expected when temperatures are this high. We're now looking at very short topsoil moisture almost throughout the entire production region. Subsoil moisture is still really good in the southwest. Uh, where the majority of the most important corn, soybean, peanut, and sorghum uh, areas are, and some sunsea too. Uh, that includes southern Cordoba, uh, parts of northwestern through central Buenos Aires, and neighboring areas of southern Santa Fe and, and parts of La Pampa. That area has adequate subsoil moisture, but the rest of the country is marginally adequate to short on subsoil moisture while the topsoil is very dry. Mato Grosso produces about 25% of Brazil's soybean crop, and USDA Chief Meteorologist Mark Bresberg says the crop conditions are very good. The question still remains if the good crop in northern Brazil can offset the losses in southern areas. Paraná had about the driest December that we have on record, and soil moisture is low, and according to the government of Paraná, A lot of their corn and soybean had already entered reproduction and was in flowering to filling stages of development. Rio Grande do Sul was also dry, but they've also had some drier years. And and the crop is a little bit later in development, not as much of the soybeans are flowering. So there's still time for good recovery in that state. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor with the Red River Farm Network. We're joined by Chris Griffin, one of the farm real estate experts at Red River Land Company, with an update on farmland sales. The land sales have been extremely strong. We're probably creeping past the highs in 2012, 2013 in a number of sales. Chris, what's driving this market? I think it's a combination of primarily high commodity prices and low interest rates. We're seeing a little greater demand from investors, and farmers are having a better crop than anticipated. Your trusted advisor in the sale of agricultural land, Red River Land Company, Grand Forks. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging by talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association.